Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We are live on Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. Maybe YouTube. you're listening later on an audio podcast. But we're also coming live from a couple of different continents. Whoa! Right. What's up, bruv? I'm in London. Whoa! Oh, I think great. You said that wrong. Now, this is. We should probably explain what you're doing out there. Justin is actually our correspondent on the ground, covering the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, Justin, so Justin what was it like being a pallbearer at the funeral? Just talk us through it. The hardest part was the uh, stopping the knocking coming from inside the casket. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, oh, dude! Uh, got to make sure they're dead, man. You got to make sure they're dead. They always come back a, for one last scare. Yet. Not yeah. dead yet. Um, I was here actually for the, I'm here for an unrelated work project, but the uh, Queen's uh, funeral day was a day off work here in London. Everyone, everything was shut down. And truly, we were working in a bar uh, for the shoot we're doing, and people very upset. A woman shushed one of the other people I was working mm -hmm. with, not me for a change. And then she later came up and was like, I'm so sorry I shushed you. And she's got tears running down her face. It's a very emotional time here. And um, wow. I mean that wow. seriously. Yeah. How dare you? And then, but that was yesterday. And today and everyone's back to normal. Queen like that. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm not disrespecting well, I'm... her. Yes. I'm sorry for uh, framing this up in a terrible way. For any of our UK listeners, then really apologize. And I mean that sincerely. <laughs> that's not That's not horrible. Well, I'm no, Nothing is offensive here, right? It yeah. sounds off in the comments. I did say kill the queen <laughs> twice. <laughs> I feel that's, like that's probably that's probably offensive. Uh, also, I don't know if you guys saw this. There was a spider on top of her casket, and I couldn't help but think maybe it was trying to make her into Spider Man, but it was too late. Ooh, wow, it's too late. <laughs> that's a that's a third awful thing. You said three awful things. I really uh, did. I should. You think that probably... radioactive spider is like? Give me one last bite. Let me get that. I <laughs> put done, it man. off and I should bite. Well, that's how Marvel Zombie starts, right? Oh, yeah. there you go. Uh, great, great transition. Why don't we go to our first great. guest? <laughs> this uh, first guest that we're going to have here is a longtime friend of the show, and he's got his own comic book out called CWL that is all about wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Spear. Yeah. Hello. What's Howdy. Up? What's happening, guys? Thanks for having me. Mike Spear Jr. Sorry, I forgot the junior when I was in. That's all right. That's it's all a sick background, bro. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, before now. we get into it, you want to talk us through what's going on behind you because that's what Pete is very interested in right now. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, most of it was gifts, and I have no place else to put it except for a tiny corner in my basement where my kids won't destroy it. Um, I know, like the big, you know, gaudy poster of the cover of my comic book. That was a gift from my wife, so that that's nice. Um, oh, that's that's nice. There's some some Hal Haney artwork up there, uh, oh, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, I got a stormtrooper helmet back there. There's wow. uh, yeah, there's all kinds of business going on. Stormtrooper helmet. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. That was that was also a last minute gift from my dad for uh, for Father's Day. I think so. Oh, wow. Some place to put it where my kids won't won't destroy it, but I'm pretty sure it's already got its dings all over it from them trying to play with it. <laughs> Laser blaster fire. Uh, yeah. The other thing that you have in the background there, though, is the cover of your comic book, CWL, which is pretty hardcore. Is probably the wrong way to describe it, but like it's a it's a wrestling comic book. Like it is a full on wrestling comic book. So talk to us about where the inspiration came from, what the thought behind it is, and take it away. Yeah, that's so yeah, I mean that's exactly what I'm going for. So CWL, the Championship Wrestling League, it's a it's a wrestling promotion like WWE, like AEW, but it's in a comic book. And like a lot of, you know, there's other wrestling comics people try like, you know, they do monsters and they do aliens, you know, and and all different kinds of wrestling like that. This is straight up reality-based wrestling, just like as if you'd see it on TV. Um I mean, I've been a wrestling fan since since as long as I can remember. So like I was Born in 84, and I'm pretty sure the first wrestling tapes that my aunt got me came out in 85. So I've been yeah, nice forever. That's like and classic I, great wrestling stuff. That's like Junkyard Dog. Oh, yeah. Beware stuff right there. Yeah, the, uh, the first. Okay, deep, getting deep, but Sorry. question, your aunt gave you these tapes. Talk to me about that. Is she also a wrestling fan, or is she just like, I know what to she get? She was not. Um, I don't oh, believe she really was a huge wrestling fan. I remember I had like a postcard of Hulk Hogan. That was on my wall. That was one of my earlier memories. And that was one of the tapes. One of the tapes was, you know, Hulk Hogan winning the title and stuff like that. And then the other tape was like the Road Warriors in AWA. So I had like, you know, pretty flashy Hulk Hogan. And then I had dark and gritty Road Warriors that really wasn't in the Northeast. So, you know, two different aspects of wrestling. It opened my eyes to to all of it out there. But I don't think she was. (laughs) I don't even know where those tapes came from. Just know I've had them forever. And that's what hooked me right from the start. And I've been. Oh, go ahead. Sorry again. No, no, I was, was going to say, you know, no, Mike, you take it away, please. <laughs> well, no, I was going to keep elaborating. Yeah, I mean, I've been a wrestling fan forever. I mean, I, I tried my hand at pro wrestling for a few years, oh, um, nice. and I've oh. been a comic fan forever. So I really, uh, it was time, you know, when I really wanted to make a comic, making it a wrestling comic was the only thing that I could do. Hmm. So I was going to ask, uh, since you are creating your own wrestling promotion here, what is involved in that versus you have a whole roster of people who are working on their characters, you're creating the individual characters. So how'd you approach that? So what, what I did with a lot of stuff, um, especially to help the artist is I took two guys and kind of compared them. Like a lot of the guys you'll see are very similar to wrestlers old and new, or they're a combination of two different guys. So it's very much like, okay, this guy, you know, he is a mix between cact. Like you see the guy on the page right there. He's a mix between Bray Wyatt and cactus Jack. Or the announcers you see on the first page. That's like 1990 Jim Ross mixed with, you know, a more distinguished Jesse DeBody Ventura. That's my announce Ooh. team. So, yeah. So using that was was an easier way to get the artist to say. And even, you know, for reference material to go back and say, okay, well, now I see what he's going for here. Let me put those guys together. And then, I mean, I, I go through everything to make to make the action a little more authentic. Because, again, it's, it's straightforward wrestling. I try to make the action flow like it would in a normal wrestling match. So I do, you know detailed panels uh you know all the action and they even mention oh here's what's coming up in the next one so this guy needs to have his he needs to be in the right position and then you know so there's a little bit of back and forth not a ton because i try to look for artists too who have you know who are into wrestling so they get it as well but yeah i try to go as detailed as possible to make it as authentic as possible even in the wwe comics that come out uh, i feel like there's not as much wrestling they're sort of going into more backstory and more other things this feels like one of the most faithful depictions of wrestling I've seen uh, in any comic. 
Yeah. And that's yeah, the ones I've read, they all they all try to veer off from that. Like like Mick yeah. Foley actually wrote a WWE Superstars comic a few years ago where he took all WWE superstars and they put them in like a real world scenario. Yeah. You know, there was really no wrestling in it, but they just took their characters and twisted it around. Um like W uh long time ago in the early 90s, Marvel put out a WCW comic book. And that was something that was a real big inspiration for this because when I read it, again, it was wrestling and it was the wrestlers that I watched on TV and they were wrestling in a comic. I just wanted as much wrestling as possible. But then I'd see them do moves and be like, that's not really what a pile driver looks like. And that's not what a clothesline looks like. And there was certain things like that that turned me off to it. And then you had contracts and all other kinds of stuff that they couldn't use guys anymore. And the book had to run its course because it just didn't make any sense. Guys weren't with WCW anymore. So the book pretty much you know, had to flop. So yeah. this is the way of correcting all that stuff that I wanted to see in a wrestling comic book and just make nice. it myself. Hmm. That's awesome. One of the things that I think is particularly cool about this project, and we we're talking about this a little bit before you came on, you can get the uh, comic digitally on Amazon and a couple of other places, but for if you want physical copies, you can go to Etsy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What led yeah. to selling something on Etsy? Because honestly, we've interviewed a lot of creators, independent creators. I don't think I've seen anybody selling on Etsy before, so... Very curious to hear about this. So honesty, or honestly, it's simplicity. Um, mm-hmm. I have a, an Etsy store where the guy who actually did the cover for CWL, he did the cover for CWL number two. Um, he did designs for these enamel pins that we had made oh, um, cool. just to make some extra money on the side. And Etsy was the best place to sell them. Um, it's easy to print shipping labels. And honestly, like it's all, you know, it's guerrilla comic book making. Like I'm looking yeah. at the box. I'm looking at the boxes of, comics right now that are there so when you order it on etsy it's me putting it in the mailer and you know begging and boarding it and shipping it out so etsy just was a very easy way to do it it's kind of a a bummer because i feel like the exposure isn't there and i know when i would see a Mm -hmm. comic on etsy i wouldn't overly feel like going to get it because it's very very independent but then Mm -hmm. doing it i mean like i said it's you know and i get a lot of comments on the quality of the book and stuff like that which i probably overdid it on because i didn't know what i was doing Um, (laughs) you can't be mad about quality that's true. Yeah, you can't complain about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but then, you know, getting it on, on Etsy, it's, it's just easy. It's like taking a chance, you know. Well, I appreciate uh, but, but I you. I love that. Uh, Sorry, real quick. I love that, though, like you found your platform that's working for you. And I feel like we're in this Wild West where like everyone's finding their spot on the Internet and it may change. Um, but it's really I think just think it's really exciting to, to see people finding something that's working and connecting with people. Yeah, and that, like I've put in, there's a few comic book stores in the area that I've dropped off some some comics at. Like there's actually just a literal wrestling store that's you know a little mm-hmm. like about ten minutes up the road from me, and I put some comics in there to sell. Um, right. I mean anywhere I can. Yeah. Just I to, love the idea. Like come on down to the wrestling store because we're gonna <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it's exactly and it's dedicated to wrestling. So I mean I put some wrestling comics in the comic book store, wrestling comics in the wrestling store. So you know a little bit for everybody. Nice. What? Well, I'm sorry. What do they What do they sell in the wrestling store? Just to, before we go over pile drivers, <laughs> camel clutches. Yeah. yeah, you walk in there, get a few teeth knocked out, and then like, hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming. No, it's um, it's a guy who actually runs. His name's Tommy Fierro. He runs uh, a wrestling promotion uh, here in the Northeast, and he's uh, he's got a lot of connections to wrestlers because he's been running shows and autograph signings for years. I mean, he has replica wrestling titles, autographed merchandise all old school VHS tapes, tons of old wrestling action figures. So it's really oh, wow. just, it's a wrestling merchandise store, not a, not an actual mm-hmm. wrestling store. Um, which ironically though, what 
got me back into comics when I was a wrestler. There was a wrestling store right across the street from a comic book or a wrestling school right across the street from a comic book store. So that's another correlation. Those fights must have been legendary, just like total just a West Side Story thing from other side of the street. Wrestling, comic books. How do they ever agree, you know? Well, the the deal, I mean, they go go hand in hand. The owner of that, that's Funny Books and like Hiawatha. He's a super huge wrestling fan. So he was happy to have the wrestlers go right across the street. So many wrestlers that I know were huge comic book fans. So, I mean, oh. it, it got me back into comic books big time because I could go and stop in the comic book store and pick up this, week, this week's issues before I went in and went to practice. Now, awesome. Pete, do you have any questions you want to ask or are you good? <laughs> no, no, you blew, you blew past mine. Wait, hold on. I, I did? No, I asked it. Come on, yeah. Pete, Pete, take it away. No, I, well, first off, I appreciate your passion and what you're trying to do. And I also Thank appreciate you. the fact that, you know, you're taking care of your quality art by bagging and boarding them before you send them off. That's great. And uh, yeah, man, congratulations. It's nice to see someone bringing, uh, you know, what they have a passion for and putting it out there for people who also have a passion for it because that it's going to hit home for them. And they're going to appreciate the fact that somebody knows wrestling is doing a wrestling comic book. And that's going to translate. So, uh, yeah, congrats, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, because that's that's exactly you know what I wanted to. I mean, I really I've been trying to be a comic book writer for a long time. I've entered the top talent hunt like six times, I think, and oh, wow. came up short every time. And then finally, I said, "The hell with it! I need to make my own book." And there you go. Wrestling was, yeah, way. wrestling was the only way to go. Awesome. That's and way, you're yeah. working on a second issue already, right? Yeah, right now the second issue is in production. Um, the whole first arc is completely plotted out. Um, but right now, yeah, the second issue is being drawn and colors a part of it. And then, yeah, then we'll be on issue three and and off to the races, hopefully. Nice. Awesome. That's awesome. Mike, congratulations on the book. It's very cool. Thank you, guys. Really looking forward to the second one. And I'll see you at the wrestling store. <laughs> Whoa. Boy, Thank you so much, Thanks, guys. Mike. Yeah, take care of yourself. Thank you so much, man. Later, Mike. Wow, Alex uh, cutting a promo right in the middle of the yeah, interview. I'm doing wow. it. I felt very uncomfortable. Did that come off or did it did it seem normal? Did it seem natural? Yeah. No, uh, but your wrestling name is the uncomfortable Brooklynite, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm the Where only one. The out uncomfortable here. Brooklynite. <laughs> the book again is called CWL. It's from Mike Spear, and you can get it on Etsy as well as Amazon and other places. And we are going to bring in Real our. Quick, I just want to shout yeah, yeah. out our other wrestling names. I'm the unfortunate time zone, um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete, uh, uh, you're you're wrestling. Uh, Pete, the Rage Cage LePage. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I I made that one up. Yours is real. I know you. I know you've said that before in your life. Nope. Shouts to that. No, first time. Why don't we bring in our next guest? He is one of our favorite creators on the show. He has a new book coming out from Image Comics called Old Dog. Declan Shalvey, you probably also know him from a lot of other things. Declan, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello there. I didn't hey, see hey. you. I was just working here on uh, my new project called Old Dog. Uh, <laughs> oh, didn't see you there. I'm working so hard. Uh, uh, now, now, I mentioned, uh, Declan, you're you're based in Ireland, and Justin's actually in London right now. You guys should hang out, right? Uh, like, well, that's basically... Not the same place. Oh, um, okay. Um, but I would like to thank Justin, on behalf of all Irish people, for single-handedly murdering the Queen. We really <laughs> We've been waiting a while for it to happen, and, you know, I, just I, the right guy. <laughs> I'm feeling that Irish energy. Let me be honest. <laughs> uh, now, a great spot, actually. I'm, I'm dying to get over it. I'm actually going over next month for a show, so I can't wait. 
Oh, nice. uh, there we go. Uh, well, but, Justin, leave him a little secret something somewhere just so you can yeah. find it when he gets to London. I'm, I'm sure there's not a lot of people. What it is or where it is, but you'll find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. Speaking of a secret special something before we get into the interview portion, now our CBC chef, our comic book club chef, Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Bullet. He has been curating drinks for us every week for a while now, and every once in a while, I don't want to create any expectations, this is always going to happen, but every once in a while he gets inspired and he creates a drink based on one of our guests, and he did just that for this week's episode, so I wanted to bring it up and share it here. It is inspired by your new book, Declan. Hope you don't mind. It is called The Old Dog, and I'm going to read it off for anybody listening on the podcast version, but it is Irish whiskey, mezcal, benedictine liqueur, Paychow's bitters, a squeeze of lemon and a lemon peel on the directions here. A drink certainly to get your attention after waking up from years in a coma, feeling strong and bitter about losing it all. Take all the liquid ingredients, stir them with ice, then rub the peel around the rim and express it over and drink and drop it in. Now go get your life back. Yeah! yeah. I am on board. Uh, so there you go. Another drink tonight. Oh man, I've got a thirst note. <laughs> yeah, it's real good. I'll say Brett uh, nailed it because it's got like a little bit of smokiness from the Metzcal. You got like mm. a little bit of the leather from the whiskey. A little fortitude. It feels like you're whiskey. drinking a dog. Drinking does a dog. it get you drunk? It's yeah, that's important. I bet it does. Have yeah, you no. been watching the first part of the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ingredients, ingredients, just uh, yes. like base, you know. But let's talk about this book because this book is sure. so good and it's so trippy. It comes out September 28th from Image Comics. And I don't want to spoil anything, but one of the things that I loved about this book, like we went through a little bit of the description in the description of the drink, but mm. I read the whole issue and you get to the end of the first issue. And again, without spoilers, I was like, wait, what? And went back and read <laughs> the whole first issue again. And I imagine that's how you structured it. So when you're doing something like that, that demands that second read. And I know I'm being very vague. I don't know how much you want to get into the concept of it. How do you, how do you structure something like that? How do you yes, start? Could, you, could you be a bit uh, more vague, please? Uh, no, yeah, um, so it's a comic <laughs> book and there's pages. I mean, it's a comic. Ignore. I mean, it's pages stapled together. I mean, let's not get, you know, I don't like to get bogged down <laughs> the labels, you know, and, don't let and, the uh, uncomfortable Brooklynite throw you off. Give it. <laughs> of the um, no, uh, where was I going with that? Um, yeah, I have no idea what you're sorry. I got my joke in. Uh, that's all that mattered. I didn't think that was <laughs> that's, how, that's how we live our lives on this podcast. You, you were going to talk up, a little bit about the book. the book. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. the book. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, well, I, I would no, I will say that um, I remember when I was working on Moon Knight with Warren, um, I, some complaints were that it was a fast read. And in whatever it's been like eight years since the book came out, people are still reading it. Um, I don't necessarily equate like words with value of you know like hell yes there's plenty of like books you'll read that are like loads and loads of dialogue but you'll never read them again i I like to do books that you're going to go back again and again so if i can like make the reader go back and read a second time immediately i feel like you're getting you know twice the value for the money you spent let me ask you on that so how do you how do you do that how do you put a make a book that makes people go back and and give it that second read like right away yeah that's a tough one like i mean not every single issue will do that but i mean for the first issue i kind of feel that um well it's tough you know you you're selling somebody on a concept a new this is a tough thing like if i was doing deadpool or whatever everybody knows what the character is with a with an image book you've got to sell somebody on the concept before they before they've even read the book right. so 
fine, you do that, but then you don't want to sell, like, if, if you don't, I don't want you to read the story I've just been telling you about. I want to kind of find something else to hook you at the very end. So I think um, I came up with a device to show, how will I say this, show Jack as he is now and show Jack as he was, but instead of it being obvious, just kind of mix things up a little. That hasn't given mm. too much away. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's yeah. not, to, to me, it's like, you know, but that's not the hook of the series necessarily, because I mean, you know, going in, that this is basically, he's kind of like a super spy. You just don't know how. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we are, we're all going in knowing what it is. So, but I don't want you to be bored by the time you get to the end of the issue. So I just, I just knew I needed something to kind of just like snap the reader into the, oh, well, wait, wait a second. Even though we end in the same place where we would have gotten to anyway. Well, the other mm. thing that I'll mention in terms of like selling people on the book, not that you're supposed to judge a book by its cover, but this is such a striking cover. It's the sort of Thanks, thing man. that demands you pick it up and at least find out what's going on inside. So from an artistic perspective, how do you hit that? How did you structure that? Yeah, well, I mean, I do a lot of covers and literally the job yeah. is, you know, to judge the book by the cover, you know, um, <laughs> but um I, well, there's some things, like, there's some limitations. Um, I, like, it's always the, like, show, I can show you on the video, there is, uh, that's the pencils that I did for the cover. So it's a full cover, but the way I wanted to design it, I like comics that have their own identity. Um, And if I ever do books for a series, be it, you know, Marvel or whatever else, I like you to know what the book is from the cover alone. The image will let you know it's a new issue, but, like, you can tell from across the room, oh, the new remember when we were doing Dead Man Logan, like, I, I like you to know what the book is. Um, nice. So I wanted to go heavy with the title design, um, but also, like, you know, the way the title design crops the image affects the composition of the image, too. Um, mm. And it's cool to be able to kind of play with that stuff. You can't, to be fair to like companies like Marvel, they're actually pretty cool to let you kind of play around with stuff. But um, I just I just, I just wanted it to be striking. I know limited color scheme grabs you. And while I wouldn't say... The cover necessarily tells you much about the story. There's something about a big, ugly face with those, you know, teeth coming. I just wanted, to, I just wanted to grab the reader's eye, you know. Well, congratulations! Well, them, yeah, yeah, you've achieved your goal because there's, I, I've. It's crazy to see a human face and be that's a dog, but you did that. <laughs> you've, you've communicated it in just this image, and that to me is like a, a puzzle where it feels like you're in my brain. So. Nailed it. Uh, well, also, yeah. like, it's not, I don't know, like, you don't see that many ugly, wrinkly men on covers of comics, you know, that's basically, if I'm being honest, the concept behind the book is how do I draw a book where I can draw a craggly face every panel? Nice. Well, you're how killing difficult, it. How difficult is that, though? Because I feel like you're giving yourself a steep climb, sort of not exactly the same thing, but I've certainly heard people complain about, say, Spider-Man, having to draw Spider-Man and being like, oh, my God, i got to draw all of these webs every single time. You've created a character that is nothing but wrinkles and scars. So <laughs> uh, how much of a how much of a steep climb is that to do that? No, it's, you know, it's just uh, no, it's fun. Like, um, like I've been watching the last season of um, Better Call Saul. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been watching every wrinkle on Jonathan Banks face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Every like weirdly. Like, like, and I say this all respect in the world. I love, like, I, you know, love the actor, but like, his face is the face of misery, um, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to draw like 
kind of jowly neck as opposed because when you draw superheroes all the time it's you know there's a kind of a standard broad shoulders yeah which is fun to draw don't get me wrong but at the same time getting to draw somebody where like their ears sagging down a bit or actually the hard thing is stopping drawing more wrinkles you know because <laughs> like, you know eventually you can only draw so much before it's even readable so that's um but no that's actually that's that's keeping me entertained to, to no end I was well, going to ask you to do my portrait, but you fully shied me off doing that. I, I will I tell you, I drew when I was a kid. I must have been like eight or something. I was at a family function, and uh, I drew my grandmother. And I remember thinking like it was a really good drawing. You know, when you actually do like, oh, well, I think this is good. I remember I showed my grandmother, and she didn't talk to me for like oh, wow. two weeks. <laughs> so I drew every, and it's different. You know, it's tougher with women too because like what you when you're you draw less when you're drawing a woman. You'd like less is more, you know? Um, like I, it was not flattering at all. And she was not happy with me. Oh man. Well, yeah. sorry about uh, your grandmother being yeah. mad at yeah. you, but yeah. I sorry, man. Say, Hope you don't see this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say you were killing this, man. This is, you want to talk oh, about man. grabbing a, a, a reader and not letting go. I was so kind of enthralled and, and thrown into this world in such an excited and great way, man. I really can't wait for more. This is such a great book, man. Oh, thanks, guys. Like it's it's um it's tough because I'm trying to, I'm trying to kind of go back to the type of storytelling I did on Moon Knight, mm-hmm. with like kind of the vibe of the Punisher book that didn't come out with like, you know, kind of the mix of crime. I do like a lot of creator owned crime stuff at Image. I do a lot of kind of superhero stuff at you know Marvel, and it's kind of a. I'm hoping it's a nice kind of cross-section of all that that stuff and it's it's tough because i'm doing them as self-contained stories so every mission every issue is a different mission and it is tough to set it up tell your story wrap it up in 20 pages or less with the title the title pages so it's it's tough to find that balance of like compressing to get story in but also like giving myself the room to blow the you know Blow the bloody doors off, and so I just <laughs> that's that's what I would say. That's what yeah. I would say. yeah. I I do love that though because we read so many comics on this show, and I think the ones that do successfully tell a done in one story while telling something ongoing, like seeding the mystery at the same time, really are the ones that jump out to us the most because it it gives you that experience you want out of reading a comic that you feel. <laughs> Full yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I, I do a book called uh, Type of Our Time at Image as well, and like we yeah. do our best to kind of like, you know, every issue is, just, you know, is tells a story and you're satisfied every month, but you're also telling a much larger story. Old Dog, you know, it's different. I'm kind of front running the action and kind of black playing the kind of overall uh, story, but I, especially with something uh, like Old Dog, if I'm leaning into the episodicness of it. Like I'm, I'm the first person who loves serialized storytelling and I love shows that take 20 episodes to do feck all. Like I, I just, you know, I've no problem with that. But if we're going to do, if I'm going to do a monthly book, like I'm going to do these as basically six issue miniseries um, because I want, I want them to be condensed and the best thing I've ever done for six months and then take a break and then do it again. But if that's going to work, it needs to be episodic in a way that like satisfies you every month. Now, the worry with that is if it's a done in one story, will you bother coming back to read the next one? <laughs> but I'm hoping that the experience is satisfying enough that you'll come back. And also I got my comps today and it's like, I, 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 because I'm, because I'm being completely indulgent, it's got like a card stock cover. 
I just love Ooh, But it is it is like, you know, I'm trying to do everything I can to make like when you pick it up, I want it to feel substantial. Even though it's a twenty page story and it's done in one, I want it to kind of feel like you know, it's it's something special and it's 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 hard to do that. Like you can't I can't tell you it's something special. You have to kind of feel it and I'm just doing everything I can to kind of Get that feeling across. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm sounding like I'm just losing my mind here now. No, but uh, let me just uh, sort of echo you or or, or uh, offer my two cents. Like I feel like when you change the format like that, especially in uh, a medium like comics, where it is about sort of flattening out the story and extending it, when you give yourself those guardrails, it makes it a little more precious, I think. And also, all of the mm. stuff that's ongoing in there. It, I feel like I look for it a little bit more and I'm like, oh, this thread, this is a thread, this is a thread because I know the story is going to come to an end or I feel, yeah. feel it as you're reading it coming to an end. But you know there's stuff continuing and I think that just re-engages us as, re- as comic readers who read a lot of comics. Dude, that's cool to hear, man, because like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like harken back to the good old days or anything, but like, you know, I kind of want this to feel a bit like, you know, when Wildstorm in the early 2000s, you know, 2000s, oh, yeah. like, where things just kind of felt a little sharp, but like yeah. lent into the stuff you liked as a kid, you know, like it is effectively like it's not a superhero book, but there's it's not too far off, you know, sci-fi. Yeah, and no, I can yeah. do, you know, it means I can do I can do spy stuff and I can do, you know, action and I can do crime. It's a nice playground where I can do different types of stories um, that are broad enough that like as an artist, I can keep doing something different. You know, I'd, like the second one takes place in. Colombia. The next one takes place in Russia. You know, um, like mm-hmm. I can just hop around, but I wanted it to kind of feel, I wanted it to feel contemporary, even though I'm kind of like harkening it back to twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, you definitely feel like that, or at least I felt like that when I was reading it. And again, I'm kind of skirting spoilers here, but with a lot of image books, I feel like you read the book, and then at the end, there's the sci-fi twist. You're like, okay, this is what the book is about. You have it about a halfway two thirds of the way through. And when mm. I hit that, the way that you hit it, both artistically in terms of the story, that's obviously part and parcel with it, but it's very clear that's not the one and only focus of what's going on here. And mm. I like that. I felt like rather than I've read issue one, great. Now we can get on to issue two where the meat of the thing happens. The meat of the thing already happened in the yeah, first issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hopefully that's the case. That's it. That's the curious thing is because like when you're doing creator on comics, it's like, well, how do you keep people hooked for issue two and three in a way? I've already kind of like given it all away in the first issue. But, <laughs> but you know, so I don't know Will people just go like, that was cool. And then I'm done. Or are they going to want to see what happens to see the same thing happen again <laughs> next month? Pete is not a yes, an emphatic okay. yes right now. Yeah, I'm and the very good thing to use that, to use Alex's analogy, like when you sit down for dinner, you want to have meat, and then the mm. next time you sit down, you still want to eat again. Like you keep wanting to eat. <laughs> yeah, and that's what this comic is. But let me also say, like I feel like you're very hungry right now, aren't you? I'm starving. <laughs> I mean, it's midnight. It's twelve thirty where I am, so I'm losing my mind. Um, uh, I feel like in everything you've said, you've clearly thought about this. For so long, how how was that? Have you been just like? It feels like you've like seen this book from every angle. Yeah, I mean, oh god, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I I think what happened was um, I had a very big project uh, on the horizon when COVID hit, and I had a Punisher book that was coming out, and I think something else, and it all went to shit. 
oh, you know, and I had yeah. a big kind of like look at myself and going like, what do I really, really want to do? And I knew I wanted to write and draw my own stuff more. And I've been very lucky at Marvel to do lots of cool projects. Um, but I just remember thinking, you know, I want to have my own thing where I can do just something where I can just keep myself entertained. So I've spent since then, I've just been building this up while I was doing like a few things at Marvel, but the whole time prepping this book to go. And now it's nearly out the gate and I'm terrified. On the same page, who do I got to talk to at Marvel to get that Punisher thing you did out there? Like, well, I don't know, Punisher, man. Like, I don't man. I've, like, well, there's a, there was one issue left to do. So I had four of them done. And the first one, I think the first one was printed even. Just it was on. Uh, Now you're really giving Pete Bait. That's Pete Bait. Come on, Jordan D. White. Get out there. Get this down and get it out there. Go. (laughs) The one editor you know the name of. (laughs) Actually, Jordan was there when I did my live show with the, I remember. That was before. Was I, actually, I don't think I even was working at Marvel yet. Was I Thunderbolts? Maybe I can't remember the early days. Anyway, but um, yeah, sorry, that's a weird thing. But um, no, that was I back remember. in I think 2010. You said right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's the summer I was in New York, and I I got I got my first Marvel gig at the end of that trip. So like that was a big. You're was welcome. Big year for me. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually we have a we have a pitch here in the comments. This is from Eduardo. The pitch is Pete adopts the Punisher persona in his quest to get Declan's unreleased Punisher series out to the public. What do you guys I think, think that would be, be. I think that would be too violent. <laughs> yes. Hundred uh, percent. I did want to ask you. You mentioned time before time, which I love that book as well. But given we're oh, talking thanks, about like a little bit of time trippiness going on in Old Dog, by by comparison, it is yeah. so much less an old dog than it is time yeah. before time. Mm-hmm. How do you keep that straight? Because I read that book and I, like my brain starts melting out of my ears when I'm reading I, it because there's okay, so much I, time I, jumping. Going me on. and Rory have talked about this. I don't understand. I we don't understand why people think it's kind of like to to us. It is the most straight. Like the, the <laughs> it's not like time travel stories that kind of eat themselves. It starts from A to B. The story moves in one direction it's just it's the places or times you know mm. so like i yeah. think people get too bogged down in they're like oh where is this and this? it's like no no no. it's just a different place you know it's not because mm. the rule we made is that you can't change time that was the first thing everybody's always asking is like oh what does it change x y z it's like no 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 can't do that because then you the audience is asking the wrong question you know i don't want it to be like what if you see another version of uh, tatsuo it's like no 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 it's 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 hard lined what is interesting is is you can look back at play it. You can look back at different times in people's lives, without like you time travel in your head. Basically, you know, you can have a flashback, and you can show literally show the year, and then go back to the year that we were we were in. So, like, I think you know, to us, it's a very linear story with the character arc. It's it's like, linear. It's just that, yeah, the me, locations change. Yeah, Alex. to me, it was the stress <laughs> of what was happening to the characters. That was the adding to the brain melt. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Tatsuo is getting pretty bad run of it at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, who? Hey, I bet everything's going to be fine. Probably <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> can't change that's it. What, so it's that's done. what. Yeah, exactly. That's what we all love to to to, to watch. Right, things where everything's going to be fine. 
Yeah. I mean, you've also, this is a broader question and you've touched on this a little bit already, but through some of your Marvel work and also through these image books in particular, you've really stretched yourself out from being an artist to being an artist and a writer. And Old Dog is definitely bringing both of those things together. It's sort of under your soul control. Not exactly, but pretty much. Why that journey for you? Why stretching out in that way? Why was that important? Um, It's a good question. Um, I would say for cynical reasons, it was to have more control of my career. Nice. Um, when you're at Marvel and you're, you know, I, again, I was very lucky to get a lot of really good projects there, but you are not in the room making decisions about your own career. Mm-hmm. Um, being a writer, I've seen that because those conversations where <laughs> artists are like, well, but then no, you know, um, you know, I've heard like pretty negative stuff about like, or I heard stuff that was not complimentary about my work as to why I shouldn't get X, Y, and Z books that I did end up getting. So like, you're, you're never part of that. So part of it was, if I'm writing my own stuff, then I can have a bit more control over what I do. Um, that you can hire it. yourself without complaining about yourself. That's true. Well, also, having one foot in creator-owned, having one foot in work-for-hire means that I'm never... If I'm really pissed off with like Marvel, then I can just go do my own thing. Like, And, and yeah. I, to be honest, I'm not pissed off. Well, maybe now and then it'll be the other thing. But, you know, I'm, that's not where all my creative energies lie. So if, if that's really bugging me, then I can go do an image book. And if I get tired of having to, like, sell that thing all the time because it's not Deadpool, then I can take a break and go do something where I don't need to hustle as much, you know. And I'm very, very lucky to have, you know, both available to me. Some people just get totally in work for hire and that's all they can get. Some people are in creator-owned and it's just so hard of a slog, so... Can't complain, but I would think I think um, I used my name that I built as an artist to kind of get some writing projects going that probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise, and got to the stage where the writing started seeping into the professional work, which was great. So now I I can write something as a job, and I can draw. I think I was basically using a lot of the Marvel work to facilitate creator own work, right. but now I'm in a place where I'm actually doing creator own work and the work for hire stuff is on the side, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Um, but it feels like we're in sort of that, that moment in comics where it is about, uh, it's moved, shifted back to people who are just like, I am a creative force and um, could get, follow me. Like, I think there's a lot of more, there's a lot more writer artists making books now or in the last year or two, I've noticed. And that was another thing. I saw a lot of young artists coming up doing really cool things where they're writing and drawing their own books. And I had to kind of take a hard look at myself and go like, why haven't I done this like these these guys have less resources than me and they're doing it why the hell am i not and you know when you have amazing writers like warren ellis like who want to work with you like like you know i'll do that Um, and i've had amazing opportunities but like you know that i think i had done enough of every you know I've, i've written i have drawn i have colored and i kind of felt like now is the time i turned 40 this year if I never, if I don't, if I'm not going to, if I'm not going to do my own creator own book where I actually put all of this together, if I don't do it now, I never will. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a similar note, and I don't know how much you could address this specifically, but I, obviously, back earlier this year, there was the whole thing that went down in terms of the Mister Knight suit on Moon Knight, where everyone is like, "Pay Declan, get Declan paid." That happened online. I got, and, and I I got paid. You <laughs> did get paid. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think. Just to clarify, like, I think I just said on Twitter, like, someone said, like, oh, to hope Declan gets paid. And I just, like, tweeted, like, that'd be nice. As in, that'd be nice. <laughs> I, I had no idea whether I would or wouldn't, you know. Um, and I think when the show 
was coming out, they gave me money to fly to the premiere, and they gave me money besides that, like you know. But I mean, I'm, I'm I did I wasn't making a big deal beforehand, and I wasn't making a big deal afterwards. I saw all these things. I was like, Declan Shavi says, you know, X Y Z. I'm like, no, I just literally meant it would be nice because I did not know if I would or not. Yeah, and clue. Yeah, and I did. Great, and, then, but- and it was nice. It was yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, we, like, Mr. Nice, yeah, me and Warren, like, co created Mr. Nice, but, like, it's part of Moon Knight. Like, so I'm, if I'm being honest, I think my situation is different to, to say, somebody who created a character from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did not create Moon Knight. We created, like, a version of the character and all that. And, you know, I, I go into these things with my eyes wide open. Like, I am not, ex- I expect nothing. I got something. So I was, I was I was pleasantly surprised, you know. Cool. Well, yeah. I, I mean, like Justin was saying, though, I do think that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is part of this push towards creator-owned work because you understand that, yeah, you're working for Marvel, you're working for DC. All, end of the day, they're going to control the stuff. They're going to own the stuff. They're going to make it into movies and TV. Maybe you get a cut. Maybe you don't. But if you do something like Old Dog, that's you. That's yours. Yeah. Like, I mean, man, the amount of the amount I did three. I did five issues of Deadpool. I have seen so many T-shirts with taking bits of panels that I did and making them to T-shirts, covers, and never. But like, I've seen so much Deadpool merch made from like drawings of mine. Now, is it annoying? Yes. Did I know I'd get nothing going in? Yes. So, like, yeah. Look, is do I think it's good? No. But I'm not going to bitch about something that I knew my my eyes were open going in. You know. Now yeah. the difference is. You know, now am I going to start doing Moon Knight or Old Dog T-shirts? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anybody who can buy them will see. I would. Yeah. Okay, well, one so that's one. one. Um, no, but you know what? I, I think it is much better to just go and do your own thing rather than. Think, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't complain about stuff that isn't fair. But like, it's annoying. I've I bought two, I bought two toys of the the new Marvel Legends Moon Knight Mister Figure. You know, like I have to go get those. You know. Yeah that's annoying it is annoying yeah. like, i'm not going to be like oh it's totally fine but it's not like i didn't know this you know so i'm not saying it's great but at the same time i think there's things you can you can control and you you can fix and there's and i think it's much more positive to just make my own stuff yeah. uh, i think that's a hundred that's the evolution is you're moving forward and seeing the positives and negatives and then being like you know what i'm going to move forward into the positive without yeah, like i know i know i'm I know it's Mr. Artcred about everything and I don't regress any of that. Like, you know, I I, I, um, I used to harp on all the time about like how artists didn't get as much uh, credit. Um, I think the conversation changed. That's great. But I also don't think you can just moan about everything and expecting things anybody to even pay attention. You know, there's a bit too much of that. Like, you know, like you are not a golden ray of sunshine, you know, and, and, and yes, people should organize and, 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 and group efforts are brilliant and stuff, but like there's some stuff that you can, you can make more progress doing your own thing, I think, rather than mm-hmm. railing against systems that are, that are already uh, in place. I, I hope I'm not trying to make it sound like people shouldn't be pushing for better things. Like they absolutely should. I just think, yeah. Oh, yeah. pick, you know, pick no, your battles. But, pick your battles. Just to clarify for our listeners who don't necessarily know, the art cred thing that you're talking about was just that there were all these TV and movie projects and different things coming out, let alone just comic projects, where they'd be like, wow, X writer created this thing period and mm. never mention the artist who is as important if not more important to the creation well, you're of the t- talking about a visual medium of television yeah. yeah but like look if all the if all the warren stuff hadn't happened in the last year i guarantee you it would have been warren ellis's mr nice <laughs> you know across ah, the board yeah 
it would like so like the fact that you know um everyone's pretending he doesn't exist anymore means that like all of a sudden i'm getting way more attention for it and you know what i'll take it fine you know um, <laughs> but but you know if if not for that it would have totally been that way and like, like so it's totally a, a um still an issue but it was i think it was way more rife six years ago i would see i would see articles about comics and like they would use artists artwork and not even credit like and like, yeah. i know that guy spent a day drawing that page and he doesn't even get a mention you know now i think things are actually much much better now and um, i just stopped complaining about it because every time i talk about it online it would turn the internet would turn or twitter not twitter actually just gobshites online would turn it into a writer versus artist conversation argument actually not a conversation and i just i just don't want to be part of the toxic like I, I just stopped talking about it because it just turned it all just twisted every time and i do think it's gotten much much better i think like people are people are correcting me sometimes i'm like hey i'm, I'm the guy well i mean i will say to your credit and i know you know like you've sold one t-shirt to pete so far in terms of changing one person like my it's 70 dollars pete by the way 70 i'm, I'm still in i'm still in i love it that much uh, my day job is entertainment journalism. I cover mm. streaming TV and movies and other oh, things. Oh, here we go. In other places. Hold on. The reason that I mentioned hey, it is because fucking job, I, I always tried to mention the writers and artists beforehand, but it's definitely like, since you started doing that, a calculated thought process when I'm writing about a comic book that has been made into a TV and movie and I'm mentioning who adapted it, to be like, I am definitely going to put down the writer and the artist because of what you did and yeah. i emphasize that you know, still, i edit man. people i emphasize it to my yeah. writers as well so well like you see it's maybe if, only if, um, people but if it's like important. you know gareth ennis wrote the boys brilliant but like you know Derek robertson uh drew every page of that like you know it's <laughs> if you're looking at it from like i mean i'm not diminishing the i mean as now somebody who writes more like i definitely um <laughs> i'm totally all about taking advantage of artists <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like um you know just the sheer labor involved like it's not not necessarily there isn't parity there like you know it's not to say that like you know the work hours mean everything but it just to me it just seems so skewed like and i was never arguing right. artists were more important it was always just like co-creators it's like this being up on the shelf yeah because because yeah. you could work as an artist for 20 years doing loads of books and if you happen to do them all with neil gaiman then all of a sudden you know like like actually i i don't hear anybody talk about the artist the new sandman show now I don't really read. I've never really read Sandman, so and I know there's a million artists, but like, yeah. You know, it to be honest, that's driving me a little insane because not, not one mention. Uh, they're so important to that book, and I understand mm-hmm. that he was the person that wrote all of them, and there were different artists throughout. But at the same time, like that wouldn't have worked without Colleen Duran, and it wouldn't have mm-hmm. worked without everybody else. Just well, and the T. I was just to say the TV show just pulls so much from that. Obviously, like it's mm-hmm. not like the TV show is like we're using a different palette or whatever. Like it's like no, no, that's the comic book. <laughs> Various styles. Uh, it's not even just like we just did one artist. Like clearly, they're pulling from the whole breadth of it. So it's like. You got to throw some names around. But that's it. So you can work with a big writer and get a big book, brilliant. But then if anything happens with that, everyone forgets you exist. And like, if your if your career is if you're lucky enough to work with all these great writers and have like a whole like library of stuff, but nobody (laughs) acknowledges. I just I just don't. And that's that is to go back to our early questions. Part of why I wanted to write my own stuff because like you know, old dog, nobody. The bad side is I can't hide behind a good writer or a good artist. Right. You know, it's all my, I'm showing my bare arse with this book, you know. Um, but put that you know, on the cover. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a full quote. 
Uh, I did want to ask you about another book, though, that you're a part of the team on, and it does feel like you're sort of ushering in a certain way, but I, I don't know what the relationship is. Rogue's Gallery, which is mm-hmm. also coming out from Image, which also been loving. Uh, we've oh, reviewed, I think, oh, thanks, uh, every issue of it on the stack. And for anybody who hasn't checked it out, it's this actress quits a superhero show that's super popular. A couple of fans, quote unquote, decide to rob her house, and it just kind of spirals out from there. Um, what's, what's it like working on that book? You have a, I think it's co-story by credit or co-plotting mm. credit. So uh, yeah, I think it's the process there. A story. I mean, to be honest, it's more of a ceremonial title. Like okay. really Hannah's, really Hannah's written the book, but Hannah kind of came to me a while ago. She's from Ireland and we were, we were friendly and she had this idea for the book, but she didn't really have the facilities to actually get it made. And I thought it was a really cool idea. Um, I just knew, yeah. you know, you'd need a good artist, you need a good colorist. Like, so I basically assembled, I did the um, Anchorman, you know, news team assemble. And <laughs> I got, um, I got like, That's a good, how it works. I knew. Yeah, I got, I got a good crew together. But um, no, to be fair, yeah, I think Hannah had a kind of a more of a, a singular story. And I just kind of helped her break it into like a four issue miniseries, you know, rather than like say, mm. it could have been a graphic novel. But I think because it's about an actress who's on a TV show, again, it needed to be episodic. Um, yeah. But I thought it was a really cool idea because we're in an interesting place and you you know know this yourself, like um, with all the media stuff, you know, where comics and media mix is in a very strange place right now. You know, you can be a huge superhero fan and never read comics. You just read, you just watch all the Arrowverse shows or whatever, like, you know, I know you're not a comics fan, but like, but there are people who they're like, I love superheroes and they watch all the shows. They don't read the comics. I read the comics. I don't watch the shows, to be honest, for the most part. But they are, you can say that they don't love superheroes because they do. They just, it's just not their medium, comics. Yeah. Um, and I do think we're in an interesting place okay. where, like, you have actors who were in roles in one IP and in one in DC universe and different in, in art of two different characters. Like, it's very strange how media and comics have really merged. I thought it was a really cool concept to kind of like analyze, you know, this kind of social element of of like fandom of 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 media of of genre like it was just a nice mix of all that and i was kind of surprised nobody had done it before and um, so really i just kind of took hannah's idea and just helped her fashion it into a comic and assembled like creators who i thought would do a really good job and let me say on that like i'm so surprised in a great way, the way the story unfolds from first to second. And I have a strong feeling we're going to talk about this third issue that's coming out um, because (laughs) it progresses in a way that I find. So it catches me off guard every issue. And so I like, that's that's good. Again, that was the, I would say, I don't think kind of I'm saying this. It was more linear originally, but because again, because we're making it episodic, I thought, I personally thought that, like, um, you know, we all hate on characters and actors and stuff like that, and it would be good to kind of go in on that level and then flip uh, the perspective. You mm. made me feel implicit in it. In the good, because I think we what all... Is, yeah. Yeah, I think this, this kind of toxic fandom thing that everyone goes on about, it's kind of overlabored sometimes, but also, like, we're all guilty of it to some degree, you know, yeah. um, and... I think it's. I think it was better for the reader to sink into it and then have to go, ah, yeah. oh. because you know it's very easy to just kind of like demonize people as if they're just evil. Whereas like most people are, 
sad, lonely, confused, whatever it is, but like none of these people are born as to be shits, you know? And there is something about I don't know, like we do get kinda of ugly about people sometimes. But those of yeah, I definitely wanted I definitely wanted the reader to have to kind of reevaluate where they were coming from on that. Yeah, um, it's really good. Yeah, because it does make you it does make you complicit in, in the story. Yeah. Complicit. I said implicit, mm-hmm. I meant complicit. Ah. Yeah. Really uh, loving that book. I know this is a lot of stuff already. Is there anything else that people should be looking out for that's coming from you, Declan? Um, well, I just had a story in Star Trek 400 last week, I think it was, um, where I just got to write a Star Trek story, so I was delighted. Um, I also have Time Before Time issue. So, still, what's the next one? I've totally lost track. The next issue of Time Before Time is out in, I think, a couple of weeks. That's with um, that's the last issue by Eric Swadsky, I think, that on, on art, which is brilliant. And then we'll have a one-shot story with um, um, Lauren Knight doing a self-contained story in that. And um, and then we'll soon have uh, Jorge Goelo take over on the next arc. So, yeah, every arc, the artist changes. Um, Old Dog is out next week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's other stuff, too. I lose track, lads. Um, covers. I think of a Carnage cover out tomorrow. All right. Nice. Uh, covered. Awesome. Yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, isn't it enough? Isn't it enough? <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. It's enough. enough. It's yeah, enough. We're not saying it's uh, not It's enough, great. Uh, Old Dog is so good. I can't wait for people to check Thanks it out. Thanks a million, guys. I really appreciate it. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, like, like, so dying to know what people think of it. Like, so, I, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. You've and always been forget... our golden ray of sunshine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and don't forget, when you're in London, look for that thing that Justin's going to hide. I'm hiding. Hiding, I'm cool. hiding it tomorrow. So <laughs> All right. Keep, really cool. keep my two eyes out. All right. Yeah. Have a good night, Declan. Thanks a million, guys. Very Cheers. Nice. All, right. Uh, All right. That was Declan Shalvey. Definitely check out Old Dog, which is out September yes. 28th from Image Comics. And, folks, we are going to go to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question and ask a question over on Crowncast or in the comments over on YouTube. They can be about absolutely anything. But first, other than the old dog, which I am uh, just finishing up here, and it was delightful. Thank you again, Brett. What are you guys drinking? Um. Drinking a Zadie's Lager, you know, Baltimore special. Nice. Can you Was describe your... it for us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick. It's I feel a, like we haven't really heard. It's a beer, so you drink it. Oh, nice. Do you know what I miss? I miss the period where you got tricked by somebody at a weird beer store and getting the strangest yeah. beers possible because you got too scared. That that was my yeah. favorite drinking period for you, Pete. Oh, thanks. Where I was yeah. overpaying for uh, really pretentious beers that were like four mm-hmm. beers for twenty dollars, yeah, like, like a oh, strawberry... peppermint bourbon whiskey stout. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, Justin, what about you? What do they got on uh, Bonnie Old England? I'm having a classic British beverage, a Peroni. Hey, oh, I got nice. this from the hotel bar because they let it. Let me bring it up to my room. I'll tell you what, Peroni after a long day, perfection. So there you go. Why don't we go to some Peroni? Why don't we go to some questions here? The first one's from Kevin. What are your favorite, or for Justin, favorite with you, sports-themed comics (laughs) titles? Oh, good. Sports-themed. Sports-themed. 
sports themes comics. Oh my gosh, I'm completely blanking. There's a book called Fence, which is all about fencing. That is pretty delightful. Oh, I remember when we talked. That's do a power cool. bomb. Do a power bomb. That's uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's wrestling comic. That is excellent. Um, CWL. CWL, CWL we talked about earlier. I feel like that might be where this was inspired from, perhaps. Very well could be. Maybe. Uh, Obviously, NFL Super Pro from back in the day. Oh, wow. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. He wasn't just good at football. He was, like, really good. Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield. That's a comic, right? Great comic book. (laughs) I watched it one frame at a time, so, you know. You really went deep. You did a deep Mm -hmm. dive on Ladybugs. Yeah. You Polaroids. Take Polaroids of every frame and then lay them out. <laughs> Absolutely. Good good use of your time. Great. There we go. I'm sure that answered that question. Uh, we got a recommendation over on YouTube. This isn't even a question. It's from Ramsey Hassan. I recommend Justin to check out Gosh Comics in Soho, London, the best yeah. comic shop in the UK. Very hipster, LOL. Uh, that's know. great. I have a little bit of time off tomorrow in the later part of the day. I may pop over. Nice. And oh. we do have a couple of questions here as well. This is from Julian Lobato. If you could hop into any superhero's life, who would it be? And at what point in time of their life? Wow. Great question. Huh. Which, what do you think? If Frankencastle at the beginning, oh, he, was like, he was like feeling pretty good. And then later he was fighting the monsters, which mm-hmm. is like. I mean, here's the thing. No superhero is having a good time at any time of their life for any extended period. So mm-hmm. there's no good answer here. It's sort of like cutting your losses and deciding which is the least bad. So... I, I, know, I think Peter Parker in Spider-Man uh, 3, when Venom was dancing, pretty fun <laughs> mm-hmm. time. Oh, my God. That was He's like, fun. this is my villain? I got this guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I will be... shout, out, shout out Stray Bullets answer when the X-Men play baseball here for that i mean to that note chris claremont era x-men at least like they got to hang out and do their soap opera stuff a little bit in between getting attacked by the brood and whatnot there was a lot of drama going on there was a lot of drama i feel like uh you know i would be a cyclops and then kill myself is that too dark Uh, i love how you thought you thought about that the whole time (laughs) alex and i were talking and then we're like, yeah, I'm going to say it. And I was like, ah, oh, pro- but the problem is I couldn't, I kept trying to move on and I couldn't. Let me throw mm-hmm. this at you, Pete. What character mm-hmm. that you love, because you have a, a particular set of tastes, has any fun in that <laughs> I feel like sometimes Beast has a good time. You know, he reads a good book upside down. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, fair. That, that's fun. And honestly, that's a fun pastime is reading a book upside down. Yeah. Hmm. Here's the thing, honestly, and this is fucked up of me. This is a personal thing. I can't think of the beast without thinking. Wait, what did you say? You you faded out. Yeah, yeah. When I think of the beast, Frazier, all I can think of is. Uh Oh yeah. Well, it was so iconic. Truly, (laughs) yes. Uh, I. I was going to say, as a semi-serious answer, like, I was trying to think if there's any good period of Gotham, and the answer is probably no. Yeah. But Gotham the TV maybe, show? Gotham City? No. Gotham City. Maybe Zero Gotham Year, Gotham? just because, like, get to unplug, wander through a wilderness in Gotham City, have a nice time. I don't know. There is a lot of that. For, to be Batman <laughs> during Zero Year? Yeah. Oh, no, I was thinking or like random gonna, Gotham hey, citizen. Hey, you were you <laughs> given the choice of jumping into any superhero and you were like, random Gotham citizen who's likely murdered. 
That's the answer. You possibly, think. possibly. I'm a regular New York citizen who is likely going to be murdered, so it's not too much of a downer. That's why you got to drink the use like Peter Page. I mean, I got to go Peter Parker Spider Man. As much as he his bad stuff was happening, you have a witch era. Yeah, Craven's Last Hunt. I, I'm gonna say like yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say like um, mid. Are you gonna say uh, now? Or are no, you gonna not say now? Now is he stressed? Mid Mary Jane marriage. When he was like uh, dealing with his stress, exactly but my fucking nice point. Yeah, Spider-Man stopped being cool when they fucking killed that relationship. Well, thank you for proving my from, point, Justin. Let's move on from that question to one over here on Crowdcast. This is from Eduardo. Apropos of Justin's global jet setting, do you have any memorable stories of visiting comic book stores while traveling? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I went into a really fun store in Maine where the guy was like showing me around and then ended up just like pitching me his comics that he wrote and stuff like that. So it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> I just started trusting him less and less. And it was, uh, but uh, I, you know, you had to buy, I had to buy his comic at that point because I was in too deep, but it was definitely worth checking out. Nice. Sounds like you bought into a pyramid scheme sort of. Yep. Um, I'm going to shout out, um, I went to a comic store in Paris um, and uh, checked out some of the French comics, which is a sort of mm -hmm. totally different universe, and the much smaller section of um, American comics uh, printed in French, which were cool. Um, also, just uh, back in the day, going to Meltdown Comics out in L.A. Oh, yeah. Meltdown was, I, was cool. Uh, I took a trip for my dad's 70th birthday. We went to Denmark and all around Norway. And I think it was in Oslo. I stopped in a very cool comic book shop there and got some Norwegian volumes of Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Which I remember, yeah, yeah, what I remember, I brought you back as presents and you're like, oh, thanks. I liked it. I oh, liked thank, it. Thank you. Thank you for finally saying something. Yeah, we said thank you. Though I will say I don't know where it is. I wish I, had, <laughs> I wish I could have that in my hand. I don't know where it is, but I know yeah. I have it. Yes, I did. Also, in that comic book shop, search for locking key in Norwegian, and I, I don't think I found it. I think they just had the English versions, which really bummed me out. I tell you what, I miss is uh, in New York City. They used to have like a lot of different comic book shops that. Unfortunately, didn't make it. Uh, That's right. They, New York City is traveling for you now, Pete. Yeah, uh, they there would be like comic book shops that had like old school video games in there and stuff where you could like really hang out. And they weren't like, "Hey, read something or get out of here, kid." You know, uh, back mm -hmm. when you could like actually hang out. And are uh, you imagining that you went to the comic book shop from Kickass the movie? Is that what's going no, on? No, no, I've. Okay. Lived in New York City for a long time, and there was Doesn't definitely like shops me. that have come and gone. And Doesn't there was one where you, like you went downstairs, and there was all these video games and stuff. In Brooklyn? Clean. No, in New York. We got a super hard question from Mac over here on YouTube. Favorite comic or series of the year so far? So far. Ooh, that's tough. I usually forget literally everything we've read except for this week until yep. we do our end of the year stuff. I still do think, I mean, this is like a little uh, this is top of mind because there's a new issue this week, but Ice Cream Man, one of our top series, oh, I think two years God. ago, continues yeah. to deliver at a high level every single issue. Oh. 
loving that. I'll uh, also say Rogues Gallery that we were just talking about. I'm loving that run so really far. That's really that. good. Um, I have to echo what's in the comments from Stray Bullet and Ben the Border Collie. Mm. Um, Nightwing right now is like just, and I'm a sucker for the uh, Dick Grayson Barbara Gordon relationship, and we are operating on all cylinders in that situation. I gotta, so I gotta repeat myself and say, do a power bomb. But also, mm. man, uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El has been really great. Really and I'll really also good. give a shout out. We talk about all of these books, but the massive verse books that include Radiant Black, Radiant Red, uh, Rogue Sun, and something new that I'm forgetting the name of. But all of those books are really good, and I found they're the most frequent thing that I recommend to people recently, just mm. as something that, like... Hey, this is a new universe you can get into. It doesn't have years of continuity like Marvel. It doesn't have years of continuity like DC. If you want to jump into something absolutely new and fresh that's slowly fleshing itself out, all the titles are solid. Um, that's been, for me, a really big story this year, just in terms of reading how much I enjoy all of those books. A hundred percent. I'll also shout out the Silver Coin. Um, I've been really enjoying. Oh, dude, fuck that, um, dude. Too scary. Department of Truth. Um, any of the uh, James the Fourth verse stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been just JT in four. the bag for in the bag for um, almost across the board. Uh, but definitely stay tuned. We're only a couple of months away from doing our best of the year, where we'll Ooh, actually think about this tuned. more than off the cuff. Yeah. This is from Nelson Martinez over on YouTube. I love the slang from the show. Since watching Reservation Dogs, have you guys wanted to include the term Studis, Skoden, or and or shit asses in your shit ass conversations sure. like I have? Yeah, <laughs> shit ass for sure, man. Yeah. Oh, man. That's such a great show. I'm Can like, you use that in um, sort of in context, Pete? Yeah, what's up, shit ass? It's just like saying, what's up, douchebag? <laughs> like, you know, it's just, you're just. I just want to hear it. Any person. Yeah, you're just kind of like, hmm. yeah. It's a term of endearment when you call someone shit ass. Oh, very nice. All right, we got one last one. This is very apropos of our comic book show from Stray Bullet here. How is it possible that longjohnsilver.com is the number six most visited online shopping website in 2022? It's not like some weird porn version or anything. It's the actual website of a fast food fried fish restaurant. I just assume you guys know the answers to everything. <laughs> uh, that's a dangerous assumption first off yeah first off uh, uh you need to get out more and i'm i'm sorry uh but let me let jump over know. to longjohnsilvers.com because i agree this seems like a mistake or scam so this and is me, this is a list that stray bullet posted at our patreon slack patreon get on that patreon man we have a lot of fun on there, there. Uh, we do have a good time. Uh, now, I don't know about you guys, but I actually, longjohnsilvers.com is my main search engine. That's where I go to find pretty much everything. I I, it's my page. When I open up my yeah. computer. <laughs> yeah, I see what's going on with Long John Silvers first. What's new with the fried fish? Do they have any new shrimp? Do they have any new cod or anything like that? And then, like, once I've established that, honestly, it's pretty much the end of the day. It's quitting time, and I'm ready to go yeah. home. Wow. Well, it's a short uh, day you have, bro. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, not. here's here's the thing. I think part of it is there are Long John Silvers in like every state. Like, really? and I, there are. I I gotta tell you, and I know obviously a lot of people disagree with me. The absolute last thing I ever want to eat in the world is fast food fish. <laughs> Just that is the <laughs> literal bottom of my list. Huh. Never. Huh. Uh, 
fish from a fast food restaurant? I know lots of people eat the filet of fish. They eat lots of Long John Silvers. No, no thanks. Fast, fast food means they're getting it out to you fresh because it's yeah, like, here yeah. we go. We got it. Here you go. It's fast. Oh, is that how it works? Right from oh, the okay. sea right, to the you. Product. There you go. Yeah. Lots of times right. they fish for the fish right in the. Oh, they have like a little. They have like Aquarium. a little pond. They have a little pond, like a river there. or a creek. Oh yeah, Did fly fishing in the store. <laughs> That's great. Cool. Yeah, Do you know, great. New York City was actually built around a Long John Silver's. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, great question. I think we've answered all of these questions effectively, and it is time to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All righty. This is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars to Midtown Comics Online. And uh, Alex, are we looking for a first hand up person? Or Sure are. If we got a first hand up here, you can just come on in and win $25. Say hand up, say me, anything like that in the comments. If you're over on YouTube, it's going to take a little bit longer. But hey, we're happy to do it anyway. But anybody, they also Justin, sell tacos. Um yeah, Long John Silvers. What? So really? Maybe it's a real diversity of Fish tacos? Uh, food options. Or yeah. meat tacos. Do they, they sell a... any meat at Long John Silvers, or is it all just fish? Great, great question, Alex. Because um, yeah, today's, today's trivia is for a $25 gift card to Long John Silvers. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to try to get in it. Yeah. Great, but, no, yeah, I, think, they... I think Straight Bullet should do it. I they think Straight do... Bullet should do it for a $25 gift card to Long John Silvers. They do sell do chicken at Long John. Um, That's what I thought. LJS, as I say. But yes. Hmm. Uh, ben the Border Collie says, hopefully a porn site. I think it's on a little bit of a delay, is my guess. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have anybody who is interested in All right, well, this. that means you guys do it and we donate to charity, right? Oh, Kevin says, hand up, fine. All right, there we go. Kevin's saving us from the awkward silence. I believe Kevin is going to be doing this trivia in um, his Yorkshire Yorkshire accent. Uh, David Quinley said, I'll do it, but a a little bit late. I'll let David know. Nice. That's that YouTube delay. It's a YouTube delay. You got to You got to get off LJ Silver. Kevin right now is deciding what puppet he should use. Oh, hey! What's going on? Kevin is just you. Give me a moment to get some light. Okay. All right. (laughs) This is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Got it really. Nice. Look, he's getting his ring light up. Yeah. 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 Kevin is actually coming to us live from one of the apartments in the movie Seven. Kevin turning on a, some sort of uh, campfire light. It seems oh like. wow! There, the lantern no, the, is the dead. ring light just doesn't want to stay in place. Nice. Sweet tie, you know. I'm glad God, getting the Kevin. Oh, he's got a he's got a tie on. It's one ten a.m. in London. It's got a he's tie. like a uh, young Milo. You know what I mean? Right. He loves ties. My well, except for the young part. Okay, Kevin. We're right. going to be competing this week for a $25 gift card to Long John Silver's. Are you Pete. serious? 100% serious. Take oh it away. Well, Pete. since they don't have any anywhere near. You can always city. order and have it shipped in. <laughs> yeah, you can have it. Yeah, You're near the water. Like some yeah. fried fish nugs. Sorry, uh, Kevin. The decision has been made because it's too hilarious. Take it away, Pete. 
Okay, today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Joel Turkle, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Question number one, on 10-4, what will be celebrating 70 years? Is it A, Mad Magazine, B, Chia Pets, or C, Edward James Almost? So it's either A... Or you're wrong. Nice. I'll go with uh, a Mad Magazine. Oh, All he's right. got a shark. Oh, he's, he's got, got a shark. Very. It happened to be the closest to hand. It also Long John Silver's, of course. So I'm gonna go with the shark. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Okay. I just Question. love how many puppets you have potentially close at hand. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even seen that bottom of that closet. Okay. Question number two: New IDW book called Crashing deals with a doctor who blanks superheroes. Is it A, dooms them, B, treats them, or C, Daryl Hannah's them? So it's either B or you're wrong. I will go with treats. All right, great. Crushing. Uh, Makes sense. Dooms Question number three. Last one. Marvel's going to do some Halloween-themed one-shots. Name one character that is said to be in Crypt of Shadows, number one. Is it A, Man-Thing, B, Blade, or C, Rutger Howard? Howard, sorry. Is it A, Man-Thing, pick A, or B, Blade? I will go with uh, Man-Thing. Man-Thing is correct. uh, You know, burned the candle at both ends and, you know, Sorry, I'm forgetting the rest of Rutger Hauer's speech from Blade Runner. Oh, look at this guy. Uh, already... Oh, man. Wait, Evan, Rutger, how deep places... you go? You're what? answering double trivia at the same time while also <laughs> pulling a quote out from uh, Blade Runner. Uh, wow. I remember Rutger well, Hauer. You're talking about a speech from Blade Runner where he says, like, oh, man, I'm really burning the candle at both ends. Right? I think that was it. Yeah. Well, I... Oh, and since Justin <laughs> did ask... Oh, this be my Yorkshire accent, which of course is not Yorkshire at all. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pirate accent, Kevin. Yeah, I think, uh, Kevin, uh, I hope you enjoy. Speaking of pirates, your fish sandwiches and fish tacos and other things that Long John Silver's will be getting that gift card off to you. It'll be very convenient. Always good oh, to see you. Here be Long John Silver, <laughs> Kevin. Great to see you. And of course, you were right. We're talking about the 1982 cult hit Blade Runner. Not a called hit. Wait, yep. what? <laughs> yep. The cult hit. Not a called hit. Blade Runner. No, it's huge. Uh, it's huge. It's a big it, deal. A cult hit doesn't mean huge. It means uh, cult, well, like a small group of people. Right. My yeah, favorite cult hit in the is Titanic. It wasn't a hit. Titanic. I love it. Yeah, cult hit. Culture-wise, it was a hit. So that's why I said cult Oh, hit. cult is short for culture? In this instance, yes. <laughs> <laughs> As we all know, comics are cool. What yeah. comics are you looking forward to that are coming out this week, Pete? Oh, man, I'm so glad you asked. Fables number 15 and also The Deadliest Bouquet number two. Mm. It's definitely not Fables number 15, though, I think. Yeah, it's, it's probably Fables 115. Number, I would say Justin, what about you? Yeah. Um, I, there's a... There's a lot of interesting comics coming out, a lot of horror-y uh, stuff. Um, yeah, a lot of way. horror. 
uh, which it's almost I like we're think, getting close to Halloween or something. Uh, that very well could be. It's Fables number one fifty five. Um, just okay. Well, there context. was a one and a five in it, so get off my nuts. Uh, <laughs> All numbers are the same number. Um, I mean, we talked about these comments short already. One number. I gotta give it up from the, from the, yeah, you, that's uh, really next important. next month instead of giving you one hundred and fifty five dollars, I could give you fifteen dollars. Right? That's cool. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I gotta give it up for Nightwing number ninety six. Of course Nightwing, you do. Just crushing it, and um, I'm feeling the love. And yeah. uh, just uh, I guess to shout out one more, I want to go with uh, Exterminators number one. This was a wild oh, ride of a comic. Really? It really caught me off guard in its uh, sort of the whole thing. I'll give a shout out to Vanish number one from Image Comics. This is a new title from Donny Cates and Ryan Stagman. This team has earned more than enough trust that I will jump into any book that they are going to do. Very excited to check this out. All of these are going to be in our stack podcast that pops up Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the Comic Book Club feed and its own dedicated stack feed. And folks. That is it for this week's show. A couple of people we need to thank. Thank you, Mike Spears Jr. for coming on to talk about CWL. Check that out on Etsy and Amazon and other places. Also, Declan Shalvey, thank you for calling in from Justin's hometown of the UK to talk about Image Comics Old Dog that comes out in the UK. Not in the UK. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. think it's all one thing over there? It's all one thing. We're all one globe, man. One love. One love. Also, that check is. out Rogue's Gallery, you mentioned from Image Comics, Time Before Time from Image Comics, and a bunch of other things. Next week on the show, we are going to have the team from the book Wonder is going to be here. Blaze Hemingway, Bryce Anderson, and Brian Unklis. Also, Joe Corallo is going to be here to talk about the never-ending party. A couple of other things we need to plug. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, rolling out new episodes about She-Hulk every week. Also, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, rolls out Thursdays with new episodes. And the Umbrella Academy, our Umbrella Academy podcast, is finally back. New episodes, we promise, every Monday until we finish season we three. So it. check that out. Patreon.com slash comic book club. Support this podcast and all the podcasts we do. Subscribe and follow on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, Comic Book Club Live.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Take care of yourselves out there. I love you.